Our first scripture reading this morning comes from Isaiah, chapter 26, verse 5. He humbles those who dwell on high. He lays the lofty city low. He levels it to the ground and casts it down to the dust. Second scripture reading comes from Ephesians, chapter 2. Verses 13 through 18. But now, in Jesus Christ, you who once were far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two, thus making peace, and in this one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you, who were far away, and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. And our third reading comes from the book of John, chapter 20, verses 19 through 23. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After that he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. going to ask you to take your Bibles again and open back up to Isaiah 26. I gave, I gave Kathy the wrong verse to read. I want to get the right verse. Not your fault, my fault. The verse I want us to be aware of is, chap, is verse 3, Isaiah 26, verse 3, which says, you will keep in perfect peace the one whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. Thank you. What do you want for Christmas? That's a rhetorical question. Don't answer it. But think about it. 
1994, there was a song by the popular singer Mariah Carey. She sang, All I Want for Christmas is You. I was flattered. (laughs) But I told Mariah that I wasn't available, but maybe another time. Fifty years earlier, there was a silly little Christmas song that became popular. You, you still hear it once in a while on, on the old you know, Christmas playlist. All I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. Ralph is pointing to his two front teeth up here. Uh, I know that song well, really well, because when our girls were very small, one summer... A friend gave us an old record player and some old records, and um, one of our daughters just became enthralled with this new gizmo called a record player, and she particularly loved a children's record of children's Christmas songs that had the song, All I Want for Christmas is My Two Front Teeth. And every night during that hot summer of June, July, and August... She insisted on going to sleep with that song playing. We heard it again and again and again. And apparently the chipmunks made a recording of All I Have for Christmas is My Two Front Teeth. And, you laugh, so did George Strait, the uh, country western singer. Huh? How about that? Uh, Maybe you have that downloaded on your iPhone already, do you? If, um, if you're new to MOPC, one of the reasons people come here is because they get enlightening bits of information like this. That's why. But what do you want for Christmas? Or maybe the question should be, what do you need for Christmas? You might want that brand new car in the driveway with the big bow on top. You know, I see those commercials where, where, where the person wakes up and they look out the window or, or, or come out the door and there in their driveway is this great big new Mercedes bed on Christmas morning wrapped up in a bow. Um, and I think to myself, I've never seen that in my driveway. I've never seen that in any neighborhood I've lived in. Have you? Is that happening where you live? Have you woke up in the morning and you've seen that in your driveway? If you do this year, will you text me? So I can come over on Christmas morning and see that? I've never seen that. Shoot, I'd be happy with the 2010 Honda Accord with a little bow on the... It can be a salvaged title. I'll take it, okay? (laughs) Or you might want a new yoga mat, or maybe you want Utah Jazz tickets, or you want that new phone or you want new skis, or you want those pants, or that power tool, or that piece of furniture. But what do you need? What do we as disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ need as we move out of 2017 and move into 2018? What do we need to live for the Lord in these times? Because I think these are particularly Challenging times. And that's what this sermon series for Advent is about. Each Sunday, we're going to take one thing that is important 
for Christians to have in these unsettling times. And this morning we begin with peace. These are anxious times. We're anxious about what's happening in the world. We are anxious about maybe what's happening in the economy, with our government, in our kids' lives, with our safety. Not to mention who's going to make it to the next round of The Voice. I mean, we're thinking about big things. We're anxious about not measuring up. I mean, everyone else on Facebook and Instagram, they seem to be doing great. Why? How come my life's not like that? Right? We don't measure up. Anxiety's going around. So is fatigue. Fatigue. We're tired. We're tired of stress. We're tired of the noise. We're tired of the worry. We're tired of so many things that come to us at such a rapid pace. We're tired of being tired. So peace might be something we want at Christmas. Now, I'm not talking about international peace this morning. That kind of peace, the kind of peace we're talking about this morning is not the cessation of all wars and conflicts, not that we don't want peace in our world. Uh, I mean, who wouldn't stop the tragic conflicts in, in Syria and Afghanistan and Yemen and Myanmar and other places? Um, if we could, we would do it. The fact is, you and I aren't ambassadors to any nations, and even those who are and have that kind of influence on the international stage, find themselves behind the eight ball. That doesn't mean the people of Christ don't work for peace. Blessed are the peacemakers, right? But world peace is pretty big, out of reach for us, at least today. The peace that we want needs to be brought, I think, down to our locale in our personal lives, maybe even in ourselves. And Isaiah said that God keeps in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast or are stayed on the Lord. And the way to keep our minds stayed on the Lord, he says, is to trust him. Peace has to do with where we put, where we stay our minds. What are we thinking about? Now, the Hebrew word used there for steadfast or for stayed means dependent, leaning uh, to being supported. The word is in the passive voice, so it expresses how God gives us his peace as we have an attitude of dependence. Perfect peace comes to those whose minds are leaning on God. And as we lean on the Lord and allow him to support us, He gives us his perfect peace. It says he keeps us in that peace. The word, the Hebrew word for keeps that Isaiah uses means to shape or to form as a potter shapes clay or forms clay. As we put our minds on the Lord and are dependent on him, he shapes peace in us. Isaiah 26 verse 3 could read, You shape perfect peace in the person whose mind leans on you for support because he or she trusts in you. 
when my mind is steadfast and stayed on Christ, I am asking, Lord, what do you want in this situation? What do you want of me? What's your will? What should I be thinking about? We live in trust that God is present and that God is faithful. Jesus said he gives us peace, but it's peace not as the world gives. It's different. The world says that peace comes from being able to escape all stress and make ourselves as comfortable as possible through the absence of hardship. That is not the peace of God, nor is it the peace that we find in the Bible. The peace of Jesus is a peace that was tested It went through struggle, it went through strain, it went through suffering. The peace of Jesus was tested in Gethsemane. It went through mockery, humiliation, and ultimately the cross. The peace of Christ has been through the fire and back. No, it's not as the world gives. It is what we have even amidst extreme stress. The peace of God is a peace that in spite of the world and all its wars and all its divisions and all the strife, we know it, his peace. Dante, the Italian poet, the Italian philosopher, said this, in his will, in God's will, is our peace. Dante understood that when we live in God's will, then we have his peace. What we will is who we are. What goes on inside of us in our inner lives is our will, and that's where our will and our wants come from, right inside here. And we are creatures of desire. We are always wanting, we are always aiming, we are always desiring for something. And very often... That something that we are aiming for is out of or in self-interest. Not necessarily bad, I'm not saying, but self-interest. But we're made for God. Ultimately, that's who we're made for. And as Augustine said, our souls are restless until they rest in God. He is the the only adequate object for our wills. So when we place our wants and our desires on other things way before him, we become restless. And when we're restless, we lack peace. Our wills are being pulled in so many different directions and our attention gets distracted by so many things. What results is a lot of conflict inside of us and it drains us. In our worries and our preoccupations, if we can turn to the Lord and stay our minds on Him, we will know His peace. We may not be able to stop the wars of nations, but maybe we can stop the wars within ourselves. With hearts and minds, our hearts and minds can be battlefields. Some days I wake up and it is like it's already raging. Our inner lives can be so torn. We might not know peace until we stop those wars within us. 
We can stop the war within us to always have to be perfect. We can stop the war within us of having to have everything. We can stop the war within us of being the center of everyone's attention and concern all the time. We can stop the war within us of having to do everything. We can stop the war of needing to be in control of everything. We can stop the war of being viewed as successful and together and having all the answers. We can stop the war of us trying to impress God. Sister Joan Chittister, Catholic Benedictine sister, she said, peace comes from not needing to control everything and not needing to have everything and not needing to surpass everyone and not needing to know everything and not needing to have everyone else be like me. Is this the war raging in you? How close is your will to God's will? Getting our will in line with God's will is a part of that daily walk of the Christian. I find it a constant process. Well, when we have peace with God and we find peace within ourselves, we can have peace with others too. The peace of God is not merely a private possession. This is another way it differs from the peace of the world. The peace of God first is peace with God himself. We have been brought near to God through the blood of Christ. The cross has killed the hostility between God and humanity. The price has been paid for our messes. The debt has been met. But still we say, here, God, let me, let me do this, this, and this, and hopefully you'll take notice of me then. Uh, maybe you'll accept me when I do this and that and that. That's, that strategy is done. It was annihilated at the cross. The cross shows me who I am, that I'm a sinner alienated from God in need of his grace. The cross shows me who that other person is, that they're someone who needs God as well and who God loves too. And the cross shows me who God is, that he is the God who loves all of us and desires for all of us to come near to him. The ground is level at the cross. No one stands above anybody else. It's not you need help, but we, need, we all need help. Yeah, maybe they did you wrong, that person. But you know, we've all wronged God, every one of us. And yet he's given us the life of his son. Jesus Christ himself is our peace. We have peace with God because of him. In Ephesians, the emphasis on peace is particularly peace between people. Specifically, at that time and in that letter, between Jew and Gentile. Those two groups were deeply alienated in Jesus and Paul's day. What was so powerful about the rise of the church is that it brought these previously hostile factions together. Here, biblical peace, it's not just an inner feeling, it's something that affects relationships. The peace of Christ not only refers to our relationship with God, but also our relationship with others. It is not only vertical, but it's also horizontal. The peace of Christ is known in the church. And, you you know, that's what a church is. The church is a group of people who know Christ is our peace. 
and who embody that peace in anticipation of a day when God will establish his peace in all the creation. That is why we work for things like peace and justice. That's why reconciliation is a mark of who we are. The world we are living in says this. You are different from me, or you don't agree with me, therefore I resent you. I know this, resentment is not peace. And there's a lot of resentment being broadcast these days. Doesn't mean we have to like everyone, doesn't mean we have to agree with everyone, doesn't mean they're going to like us, but resentment is not the peace of God. A few months ago at the Mount, on Sunday night, Matt Cain, our director, pointed us to a man named Daryl Davis. Have you heard about him? Daryl Davis uh, is an African-American man. He's an accomplished blues musician and uh, performer who also makes it his business to befriend and convert Ku Klux Klan members. His story is fascinating. Uh, Daryl Davis seeks them out, befriends them, listens to them, talks to them, and he's been tremendously effective at changing minds. Most white supremacists have never actually talked to or known a black person, he finds. And Davis makes sure they get to know him. Uh, And he often finds all these false perceptions and assumptions. And he finds that they are reversed once they get to know each other. It takes tremendous boldness and patience for what he does. And Daryl Davis has over, over 200 KKK hoods and robes hanging in his closet as signs of those he has converted, and they have changed their minds and they've come out of the KKK because of knowing him. And by the way, he's been criticized by whites and by blacks for doing what he does. Jesus Christ has preached peace to those who are far away and those who are near, it says. He desires peace with everyone. And the person you might resent is a person who's created by God. That person is loved by God. That person was died for by God whether they are conservative or liberal, whether they see things like you see or they see things contrary to how you see it, whether they are temperamental or whether they're just easygoing, our call is to peace. They may be narrow-minded, they may be open-minded, they may be fashionable, they may be really behind the times, they may be loyal, they might be flaky. It might be a lot of things. But our call is to peace. And let's not talk about peace in the world if we can't get along with the person across the street. Maybe the peace we should want for Christmas is not peace for ourselves, but peace with that other person. Or it might be peace with God for that other person, someone who needs to know peace with God themselves. And maybe we can help with that. They don't have peace with their heavenly father and their creator. God's peace doesn't just sit once it gets its own. It also gives a rip about others. 
The peace of Christ challenges my anxieties about the other person. It challenges my prejudices about those who aren't like me. It challenges my biases. It brings down walls. And you know what? I'm a good wall builder. You know, it's interesting that the first thing that Jesus said to his disciples after he rose from the dead and he came to them, the first thing he said to them was, peace be with you. He gave his disciples his peace. This was on the night of his resurrection. They only knew that their Lord had been killed. At that time, they were deeply fearful. They were hiding. They were locked up in a room thinking death was the ultimate reality and that the one that they had hoped in had been swallowed up in that death. Maybe not like, unlike many of us who are locked up in worry over how things are going. And Jesus comes and he says to those who are fearful, peace be with you. Didn't mean all the problems of their lives were going to go away or even went away, but it did mean someone was with them who was greater than anything they were facing or that they would face. Peace be with you. Maybe we need to write those words somewhere and put them where we can see them this Advent season into Christmas. Jesus says that to us this very day. Peace be with you. He speaks that, he speaks that peace to us in our anxiety and in our trouble. Peace be with you. I give you my peace. No, everything is not as it should be, nor is everything going to be as we want it to be. There will be ugliness, and there will be violence, and there will be stress. Problems and hurts will come. But God is as he should be, and he's not going anywhere. Christ is our peace. And I hope you want this peace, and I hope you get it for Christmas. Let's pray. And just imagine yourself right now, you with Jesus. And he breathes his peace upon you. And he says to you, to you, peace be with you. Lord Jesus Christ, help us to want your peace. Confirm in our hearts the peace that we have with you so that we can be at peace with ourselves and at peace with others. Prepare us to be the bearers of reconciliation wherever you have placed us. As we move through these days leading up to Christmas, with all its hectic activity, keep us prayerful, worshipful, and our minds stayed on you so that you can keep us in your peace. Thank you, Lord. Amen.